Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. On this show, we've spoken to many mediums who give clients verbal descriptions of their loved ones and evidence of their survival. However, what if you spoke with a medium who also drew a detailed picture of your loved one? Our guest today is a spirit artist and does just that. In fact, she says an artist from the spirit world takes over her hands to create the images of those who have died. A book has been written about her called The Mediumship and Psychic Art of Sandy Ingham by author James Christie. She is a wonderful woman coming to us today from the UK, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her. Sandy Ingham, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, and a pleasure to talk to you also. We spoke a, f- a little while on the phone a couple of days ago, and my heart is just so filled with love and wonder, and this opens up a whole new world that not only can someone tell us about our loved ones, but someone can draw them. So if you don't mind a little, Sandy, just tell us about your background. Have you always been a medium? Is this a new thing? Or, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about you. Happy to. Thanks. Yes, I've always been a medium. I have been a medium since I was born. I always communicated with spirit. They've always been very closely around me. Indeed, so closely around me and so real as a child. But I had no concept that the people I was seeing and talking to, no one else could. I could not understand why people were you know, strange around me in a, in a sense, because I had no concept that they couldn't see the people I was talking to. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so I grew up with that. And I mean, I actually was very difficult in that respect because people thought I was strange, you know, which you can understand in light of what happened. But yes, I, I grew up with it. They were always there. I have talked easily and fluently with them all my life. I don't have any difficulty speaking with them. And and this went on indeed until I was almost 60. And then something rather strange happened. I have been unable to draw at all throughout my life. Something in the back of my mind, however, over the many, many years, previously knew that one day I would draw Hmm. and I didn't know why or how and I I went on to get married etc etc and throughout the last 40 years of our marriage I started to buy an odd tube of paint (laughs) it might be oil paint watercolor paint gouache it could be anything and then I would buy Straight and art brushes and such hmm. things connected with art. And my husband would look at me sideways and say, What on earth are you buying those for? You don't even draw. And I would say, I know, I know, but one day, one day I, I will, thinking, haven't a clue why I'm saying that, 
However, it was there in my psyche, if you like. It was there waiting for me. Yes. And then oh, when I was in my 60th year, I, I used to go into the lounge in the evening, you know, and we, we have this big sort of ivory leather corner group. And I used to sit in the corner of that. I would take my mail with me and pen, obviously pencil to deal with it whilst I was watching my favorite soap. And it got to a time when I I thought I had watched my soap and I dealt with my mail. And I used to take the, once I'd emptied the mail from the envelope, I would put it to the other side to go to uh, recycling. Mm -hmm. I always did that. And then it started to happen that I couldn't remember what had happened in my favorite soap. And I would say to my husband, well, what just happened there? Where, where did he, where, who, what, what just happened? And he would look at me again sideways and said, you just watched it. How can you not remember? Well, I don't know. And I would let it go. And this went on, oh, it must have been for two or three weeks. Until one day, I, and it was happening every night at that same time. The, the program, by the way, was called Coronation Street. Uh-huh. I don't know whether you're aware of it in America. But uh, as even now, these 10 years on, if I hear the Coronation Street theme tune come up, I go out. Wow. I just drop into this deep trance. In fact, it's a family joke, Sandra. (laughs) I say in the evening, you know, right, I am going to watch my program this evening. I am definitely going to watch it this evening. I really mean it. And they'd sit beside me, you know, and the theme tune would come up. And the last thing I would hear would be three, two, one, she's off. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And so I never still cannot watch it. But what had happened, it is funny, it was hysterical, really. What had happened was, um, I dropped into this trance state, and my hands would be picking up the uh, backs of envelopes, till receipts, etc., any bit of paper that I dealt with in my mailing. And I would pick up a pencil. I, I don't know why I even had a pencil, to be honest. But there was a pencil. And I, on these bits of paper, there would be an eye drawn or an ear or a nose, a mouth, a chin. Different little bits of face would be drawn on these papers. I I never knew that because they'd been put in the recycling uh, pile. But I I would always go um, to bed first and... And I would leave everything there. The mail I would take with me to post in the morning. The rest of the bits my husband would clear up behind me while I went off first. And so I never knew that I'd done this. And weeks went by. And one day I had to leave the room in the middle of the program. You know where you get your advert time on TV? And I, I got up and was walking around the sofa, at the end of which was a coffee table. And I must have put down what was in my hands 
again, totally unknowing I'd even got anything in my hands. And I walked around the coffee table to leave the room. And as I was walking around it, I saw movement in the corner of my eye from the coffee table. So my eyes shot down to see what had moved, thinking I'd knocked something off. And there, staring up at me, with this perfect set of human eyes, so real, it shocked me. Wow. And I, I cannot draw. I still, hand on heart, I still cannot draw personally. So I immediately shot round to my husband and said, Mike, look, what is, where have you, you know, just completely falling over my own tongue? And he said, you've been doing it for weeks and weeks. So I'm totally in shock at this because I know I can't draw. And then, you know, things started to fit together. Why didn't I watch my program? And then having been a medium all my life, I knew it was nothing to do with me. So it had to be them. It had to be spirit doing that through my hands. And I thought, well, I'll check it. So the next morning, I was going to the hairdressers and en route, I stopped and bought a dedicated art pencil and sketch pad Mm -hmm. and took them there with me. And I used that that time to have my hair colored. I don't now, it's just white, (laughs) but um, I used to have it colored and I was just waiting for the color to develop. And that's the first um, client of the day. There was no one else in there but the hairdresser and I. And I don't know whether it was the lull of the um, hairdryer that was developing the color um, or what, but my hands must have reached for the sketch pad and pencil. And my hairdresser told me afterwards when she calmed down <laughs> that she, she saw my hand flying across this paper because it happened so quickly. Wow. Five minutes, and there's a very detailed photo quality sketch there. And um, I, and she came to have a look what was happening, what what was going on in my hand. So I came round just as she was staggering backwards with her hand up to her mouth. Uh, having come to see what I was doing, she found herself looking down on her grandfather's face, who oh, recently passed. Wow. That's exactly what I said. Wow. Ah, so that's what I'm doing. And within a year of that, within that same year, from starting from nothing, I, it's really rather amusing. I was, we don't buy newspapers because I don't like the ink coming off them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Strange. I'm not full of bad news. (laughs) So I don't buy newspapers. But we had one on this occasion. And because my husband wanted a voucher that was in it. And so on this particular occasion, I was leafing through it to make sure he had his voucher before I removed the offending object. Um, And as I'm leafing through, an advert just literally shot up off the page at me. And it showed um, a very good medium was uh, demonstrating locally to me. So. I hear my 
uh, team upstairs, my guide, saying, buy some tickets. And I'm saying back to him while I'm still leafing, don't be silly. How do I find the money for that? They're expensive, you know. Right. <laughs> and, um, and whilst I'm saying this, my hands are actually dialing the number to book the tickets. Oh, wow. <laughs> Quite without my bidding. Anyway, I booked the tickets and the show was due to go on a couple of nights afterwards. And back comes my guide. Okay, and I'll tell you about my guide when I've just finished this little story. Okay. Um, he said, take your sketch pad. And I said, no, take your sketch pad. No, I can't do that. You know, what on earth would you think? If he looked up into his audience to see this strange woman at the back of the room scribbling on a paper. Yes. I can't do that. He persisted. We made a deal. Okay, said I, because he wouldn't leave it alone. Okay, said I, I will take the sketch pad on condition that I see him entirely alone and he doesn't mind. Anyway, that was the agreed. And I thought, okay, we'll go really early and we'll go and sit in the bath. Then there's no chance of me seeing him. Okay. So we did. And I walked into the hotel foyer, not breathing, I might add, but knowing at the same time that he's not likely to be there. So there's no one at all in the foyer. But the bar is right ahead of me, just about 10 yards. I picked my foot up to take the first step towards the bar and the revolving doors behind me swung open. And I didn't dare look in case it was him. I didn't look. However, um, I could see from the corner of my eye that there were two people. So I thought, I'm safe. It won't be him. And I take another step towards the uh, bar door. And one speaks to the other. So now I'm forced to turn around. Yes. And indeed, it was him. It was him. Again, sigh of relief. The deal is he has to be alone or else I won't speak to him. And blimey, if the, his manager who was with him strode off and walked into another room, leaving him alone. Alone and right beside me. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. I thought, I can't Welsh on my deal now. I have to do this. So I turned around and said, hi, um, nice to meet you. Um, And I called him by his name. And I said, I've been doing a little bit of spirit art. And I wondered if you would mind if I sat at the back just scribbling away there. I only asked because I don't want you to look up and think that I'm rude. I'm old school, you know, courtesy, good manners were inbred into me. Very good. So, and he, I could read his mind, I swear. And he was thinking, oh God, not another, you know, because there's always someone in, with any successful medium who wants to get on the bandwagon, as it were. And I knew he was thinking that. And so I'm starting to say, no, no, I'm genuine, I promise. His face did not falter, Sandra. His smile did not falter. But I knew what he was thinking. Right. And and I'm saying to him, no, honestly, here's one I did earlier. And I'm I'm thinking, what am I saying? 
I haven't done anything. <laughs> I'm picking up the sketch pad. I sure enough, there is a face on the sketch pad. And I'm more shocked than he is. Wow. And he's looking at this. I know, it's mental. <laughs> but it's absolutely the truth. <laughs> and he'll tell you so. And um, he looked at the picture. And again, he's thinking to himself, well, it is a good picture. But it could have taken her a week to do that. And I'm saying, I know that the contact for this picture will be here this evening. And I'm trying to bite my mouth out because I don't know any such thing at all. And I'm wondering where my words are coming from because they're not mine. <laughs> However, he said, ah, oh, yes, fine. Absolutely. Go ahead. So I then went into the bar. This is so bizarre, Sandra. It's almost unbelievable. Oh, but it's it is great. Today. I love it. I went into the bar, quite empty, lots of tables to sit at. My husband said, I'll go and get you a glass of wine. Fine, I'll find a seat. And I'm looking at which table to sit on. They're all empty. But to my right is a long bench. And there are four ladies sat at that bench. And they slid apart to let me sit down. And I thought, how strange. There is no shortage of seats. However, being courteous, I sat down between them and I put my bag on the floor. The sketch pad was just sitting above the level of the bag so they could see it. Um, I hadn't thought this, obviously. But the two on my left said, oh, do you do a bit of drawing then? And I said, I've been doing a little bit of spirit art, yes. Oh, have you got anything we can see? Well, I have actually. Pulled out the pad took back the fly sheet and showed it, showed it to them. And one said to the other, God, wouldn't it be amazing if mother could come through like this? And I took it back smilingly, saying, you never know, do you? Thinking, unlikely. I'm putting it back in my bag. Yes. And the two on my right said to me, excuse me, could you help overhearing that? Do you mind if we have a look? Not at all, said I. Out with the pad again, back with the fly sheet. And two very loud gasps and two hands flew to two mouths. Oh, my God, that's our mum. Wow. That's our mum. And Exactly. And I'm thinking, hmm, right, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I did. And they must have read that across my face, you know, the doubt. No, look, I've, we've got a photo on my phone. It's exactly the same. So when they showed me the photo against the sketch, I was in shock. It was identical, right down to the earrings in her ears. Oh, Sandy, identical. that's amazing. That's what I thought. And the only thing different was it was a mirror image. But my artist in the spirit world used to do a lot with mirror imaging. And so we went into uh, the show, which by then many people had forged ahead and gone in, about 300 people. And when I got to the desk, there was the medium sat with his manager taking the tickets from people. So I was able to say to him, ah, I placed the portrait. Really? He said, I'd like to see that. And I looked back to nearly 300 people having filed in ahead of me thinking, well, I'll never find them now. But my husband disappeared, and within a few seconds, he was back with them. 
and they showed him the photo, which was on the phone, against the portrait. So now he's really interested. Yes. And he's thinking, oh, wow, this is good. This is different, you know. So he said to me, well, will you show me anything you do in the interval? Of course, said I. And I went to sit down. And I sat, not at the back as I intended, but second row right from the front. Mm -hmm. And I got sat down and then I start to feel my fingers like twitching and, and warm, you know, tingling. And they go to pick up the sketch pad. And so it goes again. And this time he drew a man. And I'm putting the picture in a sleeve to protect it because they're done with carbon. And it would smear if you touched it. So I'm putting it in the sleeve. And the two heads in front of me turned around and said, oh, you've done another. And it was the two ladies with their mom. Okay. So, um, same scenario. I showed it to them. Absolutely superb pictures. And I was going to give it back to me. But the two ladies to their left on the front row, oh, can we have a look? Of course, said I. And blow me, you know what's going next, don't you? Yes, I do. Two hands, two loud gasps. That's our dad. Wow. So he, the medium comes down to start his show. And uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And then he spots on the front row four ladies, two of whom are sketching, are holding sketches. So he stopped. Oh, have you got one too? Can I have a look? Do you know who it is? Yes, it's our dad, and here's the photo. So he is now blown away completely. Sure. Again, an identical picture to the photo. So in that first half, he seemed to speak to a whole row of people at the back of the room, almost at the back of the room. Remember, I'm sat forward yes. at the front. So all I can see is him. And... um he talked to this family who'd lost their mom, their auntie Diana, who passed away the day before, and a fiance of one of them and a granddad. They'd lost four of their family, all very recent. Wow. And so in the interval, he came to me and said, did you do anything? And I said, well, I did four, actually, in 50 minutes. I'd done the four. So he said, do you mind if I just take them somewhere a minute? No, said I, absolutely not. And after a few minutes, I thought, I wonder where he's gone. So I stood up and turned back towards the audience. And there he was, like, um, at the side of this row of people. And he's beckoning me to come. So I walked up to him to find a whole row of people weeping copiously. As they looked at their mum their auntie Diana, the fiancé, and their granddad. In the pictures? I've all four of them. Oh, Sandy, all, wow. Yes. So that's six out of six. Wow. All immediately recognized. And, and so that's when he said, um, you know, that he was going away over the Christmas period, blah, January, and that he would like me to go and do some shows with him. And I immediately said, I'll speak to my husband about it. 
knowing how much my life would change if I did that. Yes. Um, anyway, to cut a long story short, I worked with him solidly for six years. We traveled widely throughout this country, Caribbean cruise, uh, Canary Island cruise, working with it. And the rest, as they say, is history. But the one thing I didn't tell you, and I will now, and would not have done at one time, was that during those early days when I discovered I was doing it, I wanted to know who it was, who was using my hands in this way. Yes, of course. And I was asking and asking and asking, and nothing was being said back to me. And I said, I really need to know who I'm working with. I like detail. I like to understand every single thing I say and do. And it's important to me. So then I very slowly saw this face passing from about my arm's length, diagonally across my vision, so that I could get a really good look at this face. And I said, thank you very much. Um, I had no art knowledge whatsoever because my life as a child was very difficult and my education at that time suffered for it. Um, I lost my dad, actually, as a child, and that's what happened. But um, I had no art training. So I said, that's wonderful. Thank you. I got a good look at your face, but it doesn't mean anything to me. I need your name. Nothing came. Nothing came. And then so it continued for another few weeks, and I kept asking, and nothing came. Until one day, my daughter visited me, and we were talking about the various types of mediumship and psychic work. And we hit upon the tarot cards, and I've never used them because I, I have no need of such things. I find it easier to speak direct. <laughs> and um, we, we talked about tarot cards and how people could possibly use them because I had no knowledge of any of that. So I said, I'll get a pack, and we'll... We'll have a look at them and see what, see, you know, see if we pick up anything from them, see what they say. And there would be a book inside to instruct. And I later then went to um, a bookshop in the town I lived in. Well, outside of actually, but I went into a bookshop and I'm only five foot. And at that I'm keeping half an inch. <laughs> <laughs> I am very small. And I spotted the spine of tarot pack on a high shelf. No chance of me reaching it whatsoever. And it looked really good. It had this sort of ancient artwork on the spine of the box. My daughter's an academic, so I thought, oh, she'll like that. I'll get that one. So I asked the shop chappy to pass it to me. And I said, actually, put it in a bag and um, I'll come and pay for it in a minute while I continue just looking at what I was looking at. Thus, I took the pack in a bag and just posted it to my daughter without looking at it. She came up a couple of weeks later and um, she had the pack with her. She had opened it and put the book on top of the coffee table. And as I walked into the room, the face looking up on the back of that book, was my artist. And when I picked up the box to see who he was, I nearly had a heart attack. 
because he is a very, very well-known artist of the Renaissance period. And that's how I found out who he was. And so for five years on, I would not tell anyone who he was. I would answer, because I've done lots of radio interviews, BBC and various others, magazine, glossies, you know, stories. I would never tell anyone who he was because I didn't want the ridicule I knew I would get if I claimed him. So once again, I'm being interviewed, not unlike this, but by a magazine. And she said to me, do you know who your artist is out of interest? And I, the same answer I have for everyone. Well, it doesn't really matter who he is, does it? The fact is, he is drawing people's family routinely, accurately, consistently. And I opened my mouth to say that when my artist, who I call Leo, came in and said, own me. And I stopped in my tracks and said, no way. Have you any idea what flack I would get from people if I said your name to them? And he said, own me, trust me. So I said, yes, actually, with Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, Sandy. And then I'm waiting for the shock. (laughs) And she was in shock, definitely. And I said, I've never given his name, but he's just instructed me that I must do so now. By then, I had worked for five years consistently drawing people's families, and no one ever questioned it, ever, and still haven't to this day. Wow. Because his work is so accurate. She questioned me about him and his life and times. He was happy to answer them at that time. But I've since said to him, I don't want to do that. Uh I don't want people testing you. He told me quite a bit about his life. And very interesting because, you know, he designed an aeroplane. Yes, he did. Many things. He designed a bicycle. Oh, submarine, tanks. He designed so, so much. And we've been together through many uh, beautiful experiences. He he showed me his work through his eyes. He took me to an exhibition in London, which housed more of his work than had ever been in one place at any time. He wanted me to go. He told me about it. Sure enough, it was an exhibition and it was on. And he wanted me to go. And I was working near London at that time. So I thought, well, it wouldn't be a great deal more effort to go into the center of the city and attend it. But I'll ring up and get some tickets first. So I rang up, um, could I book tickets to see the exhibition? Oh, you've no chance, my love. They've all gone. The whole exhibition sold out. So I said to Leo, "Hmm, that's an end to that then. But he said, go into London. Um, And they did say that Each day, 500 tickets were allotted to walk-ins. And I got there, and there must have been a 1,000 people queuing around the block, obviously being there all night. Sure. So I went to the head of the queue to speak to the security and said, is there any possible way I can get into that exhibition today? None whatsoever. Absolutely none. Okay, thank you so much. 
and I'm walking away. And I'm walking away and my phone rings and my daughter is on the other end of it saying, Mother, where are you? I said, oh, I'm in London. I'm just walking away from the exhibition that Leo wanted me to see and I can't get into it. Not a hope. Right, she said, I just switched my eBay on on the computer and the first thing to flash up for me were two tickets to the Da Vinci exhibition in 10 minutes' time. There are slots of 10 minutes given every 10 minutes. And could I get the tickets printed off and be back at the doors within 10 minutes? My husband sprinted off and he came back with the printed tickets and I walked in with two minutes to spare. Oh, my goodness. And as I stood in front of each piece of his work, whether it be the plans for some design or a painting or whatever, and and studies that he did, which is repeated through my hands many times, and I, as I looked at each one, the image or the writing or the picture, whatever, just fell off the paper or the board or the canvas. It just fell off. And then I watched him through his eyes as his hand came up and repainted them or redrew them. And he did that so that I would understand the way that he worked and the meaning as I connected with his mind. Oh, it was an wow. incredible experience. Mm. Wow. So I trust him. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Could you tell me the story or tell us the story um, that you said uh, he was left-handed and you, you're right-handed? Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, he started getting clever. He did. Because I saw um, that video, and for anyone listening... When you go to wedontdieradio.com and click on episode 116, I have links to the videos I'm, we're, talk, we're about to talk about and Sandy's artwork and Sandy's website. But I think this is an important story because it is fascinating. It is. And he continues to experiment. But as was usual, because I can do this by post, you know, I can draw people's family by post just putting my hands on their handwritten request. And all that I need is, can you do a portrait for me? This is where to send it to. That is all I require, but it must be handwritten. I put my hand on the writing and I say, can we draw some family member for this person, please, Leo? And we send out mums, dads, husbands, wives, children, grandparents, all manner of people from all over the world. And um, so, yes we're sat there and I'm doing some of these postal responses and I start to reach for the pencil with my left hand I'm right-handed so I'm thinking what are you doing and then he said to me that he was left-handed ah so you want to try a left-handed and I said to my husband who was always sat by me he's wanting to me he's wanting me to try with my left hand go ahead he said so he drew a picture with the left hand every bit as good as the right. Well, almost. First attempt. And thus it was. I was writing left hand, drawing left-handed and right-handed. And then, then one day, again, my husband was there. I said, he's reaching for two pencils, Michael. And he said, that's interesting. Let me get the camera. No, you, no, you don't. No, you don't, said I. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. 
and Leo picked up two pencils and two pads and he drew two faces at the same time. Which okay. no human brain can do something like that. Can do. And I said, this is difficult. Why are you doing this? And he said what you just said. Because it isn't humanly possible. Because of the way the brain works. And besides, I don't have fish eyes. <laughs> that must mean that my eyes are flicking so, so fast or he's overseeing the lot. I don't know. But even now, every single show that I do or demonstration, depending on your uh, liking of terminology, I say show because my work is visual as well as verbal. Um, I work in a trance, actually, so I don't personally speak other than to introduce myself at the head of any show and tell people what to expect from me. Sandy, in the... Otherwise, I... Oh, sorry. Yeah? I just wanted to ask, in in that trance state, um, when, say, the two pencils are in your hands, are you... Is there part of you that is witnessing this happening, or are you kind of checked out until it's over, and then you open your eyes Completely out. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Completely, completely out. I have no knowledge of what I'm doing whatsoever. But... As, right from being a small child when, as I said, my life was very difficult. I was known as the the local weirdo and the, the thing to do with a local weirdo is kick them, hit them, knock them over, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Oh. So I, <laughs> it was uh, quite a life, I can tell you. But what I learned to do was completely close my brain down. I would just completely shut it off mm-hmm. so that whatever they did to me, they couldn't hurt me. I wasn't emotionally feeling it, and physically, I didn't care. And so I learned from a very early age to close my brain down and go into what you might want to call uh, daydream mode. Yes. Only there was no daydream. There was nothing. I went into nothingness. So I've always been able to do that, and that's the place I go for Leo to draw. Wow. And um, now at the head of every single show, only once, because obviously it's not good for my eyes to do this. I let him do two at a time. And very often it's someone's mum with the left hand and dad with the right. Incredible. Or whosoever. It could be a grandfather and his daughter. It could be any of the family members to the people most important in the audience, you see. Sure. And and you're, you work with a medium, so someone is verbally oh, I have working to, the room. Yes. And meanwhile, have- you're... I'm drawing the faces, yes. Wow. And every single medium I've ever worked with, everywhere, wherever in the world I'm working, Leo puts that medium onto the contact that he's about to draw. Hmm. And, you know, some of them are very nervous about it because Leo's reputation goes well ahead of him. Of course. And so, you know, a lot of the mediums are a little bit nervous. Some are very nervous. And I say, please don't worry. As soon as my hands pick up pencils, Leo will have you on the target and you will always be on the link that I'm on. Don't worry about it. Amazing. And and it works that way every time. And every single medium I've ever worked with, except one who was actually a, we won't go into it, but he was a con man. Okay. um, Who um, was a very unscrupulous chap, wasn't a medium at all. Um, uh, Except for that one, every single medium has said afterwards, 
I have really loved that, and I would love to do it again. And they love working with Leo. He's so, so fun as well. If you've watched any of the little video clips, you'll see that he likes to have a little humor added in there. Yes. You know, people will be weeping copiously one minute, and he'll have them laughing the next. Oh. And he always likes a bit of fun with my medium. He's naughty. <laughs> so in the audience, there's actually a screen uh, that people can witness oh, well, what I, your yes. hand's doing, right, as the medium's Absolutely. working? Absolutely. Everywhere I go, there's a camera on my hands constantly, and it's projected uh, by a, a rear throw projector onto a rear view screen, so there's no equipment in the front for anyone to fall over. And everything my hands are doing are projected up onto that large screen. So the audience can see precisely as their mums and dads, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, etc., oh. and children. As they appear up on that screen, they can see them appear. That's beautiful. And of course, Leo will be writing around. He may be write the name of the person I'm drawing or the person that he's speaking to in the audience. Or he might reel off a list of the family members by name. And lots of other things as well, you know. Mm. I'll give you an incident. Sure. Uh, before a show started, I was told to mention this black feather boa uh, whilst doing the sketching. So that was for me to mention to my medium before the audience arrived. So I said, I have to mention to you um, a black feather boa. And he, he would just say, okay, no props. So that when it came up on the screen, he knew that it had already been mentioned uh, before the audience arrived. And thus it came up, the reference to the black feathered boa. And the, the young woman in the audience had lost her mum and it was mum I'd drawn and out come the reference to the black feather boa. So my colleague said to her, oh, right, Sandy mentioned this before we start. So what's significant about the black feather boa? And she was just laughing uncontrollably. And she said, well, when I was about 13, mum took me to um, a seaside resort and I saw this black feather boa and I really, really wanted it. And she mithered her and begged her to buy this black feather boa. And so in the end, mum gave up and bought her the black feather boa. And then the rains came and there was a deluge of rain and she was streaked from head to foot in black streaks where the dye from the black feather boa had covered her face and her clothing. And, and of course, it became the family joke Joke. over dinner. Oh, yes, you and your black feather boa, you see. Uh, So things like that will happen. Another reference to tents. Um, I had to mention tents at this one. Uh, Again, a lady in the audience, I was drawing her husband who she'd lost, and out came the reference to tents. Again, my colleague says, oh, yes, you mentioned the tents before we started. What is it that's interesting about tents? Again, she's laughing. We were expeditionaries. And I now have 27 tents to get rid of. Oh, funny. So, you know what I mean? Sandy. Lots of little bits. Of, mm. Could you tell us about the video with the blue eyes? I watched that last night in amazement. Oh, did you? Yes. Absolutely. Right. So I work only on white paper with a black carbon pencil. It is a specific black carbon pencil. It's the only one that Leo likes to use. And I've tried hundreds, believe me. But we work in black on white. 
so he started to warn me that he was going to start some experimenting. He didn't tell me what, and I don't frankly mind because I wouldn't know anyway. I'm asleep. I'm just not in when he's working. And to be doubly sure, I wear earplugs and I never, ever look up from the, from the pad in front of me. My head doesn't come up at all. I don't look at anyone. I'm focused entirely on the, on the paper. So he said he was going to experiment with something. And I said, oh, fantastic. And I didn't mention it to the audience. I mentioned it to the medium but not to the audience. And this went on, it's been going on for the past year or more. And of course, the audience don't know that I'm only working with a black pencil. And my medium doesn't know I'm only working with a black pencil. I never thought to tell them that. So what started happening was, on this one day, and it was in Australia in this last year, I actually told the audience that Leo was going to experiment and to please watch out for anything unusual happening. And of course, the video's there. It was recorded by my own camera over my hands. Uh, we had a cameraman at the back of the room and another one at the front. So three different cameras on it, which is how we managed to uh, film it. It wasn't on my camera. Although my camera filmed it, the blue eyes were not on that nor are they on the actual paper, but they were on the screen. And uh, so Blue Eyes appeared, and this little girl of six years uh, old was being drawn, and she had been known in her lifetime to have these really beautiful, clear, pale blue eyes. And they appeared on the screen, mm. the blue eyes. And, you know, uh, of course, they told me about it afterwards, and the so in the last show I did, which was in rugby in England, um, almost every picture had either blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes, skin tones. And at that same venue, they said to me, but we did that last year. Nobody told me. Nobody knew that I hadn't got coloured pencils. Wow. And so this is, you know, we're still in its infancy. But he's, he's precipitating colour onto the faces on the screen. So it's very exciting. So looking at the actual picture, though, after it's done, it's still in black and white, but it's showing on the screen colour. In colour. And what he's working on, I believe, now is to precipitate the colour onto the paper eventually. But we're still in our infancy He's getting it onto the screen so people are able to see it. And they can, and I say, you know, come and investigate my pencil roll, you know, come and look at my easel and check out the pencils I'm using. I can promise you there are no colored pencils. Oh, Sandy. Amazing. And like Absolutely. I said to our listener right now, you can see this video, the, at least the blue eyes on the we don't die radio.com website. Episode 116. Sandy, this is a big question, but um, if this is possible, and it is, what does it mean to us as human beings? What Do you have any sense of what our life is about? I mean, many people listening right now have lost a loved one or have a fear of dying. I and I know. I know. Yeah, any words you can speak to that and, and what maybe is the truth? Sandra, 
for the, my whole almost 70 years of life, I have passionately loved people. No matter what they did to me, said to me, how much they hurt me, I passionately love people and I cannot bear to see people hurting and the worst pain anyone will ever experience in their life is the pain of grief. Yes. And I know that reconnecting with the family, whose birthday is it today that's around you? <laughs> Just been shown a card there. There's a birthday around you today. Yeah, but around me. Um, I don't. My sister. You? Are you? Yeah. I don't know if you're talking to me. But there is a birthday around. I don't know who I'm talking to. Right. My sister. Acknowledging that. Right. That spirit just popping in there to acknowledge that. So this is one of your family then. Um, I I will say I know nothing about you whatsoever. You don't. Um, Obviously. No, I don't. Not at all. But I know from one of your family members here that we've got a birthday that they would acknowledge. Um, Sorry about that. It just happened to jump in there. No, Um, it's beautiful. what they do to me. Yeah, I don't mind (laughs) that at all. My sister. Yes. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Back to the point. The point is, I've always wanted to make people better. And verbal mediumship is absolutely fabulous. But where you've got a skeptic, they can walk out of that show that whatever that reading sitting and they can say well, I could have found that out by whatever means can't they but try arguing with a picture of your mum on the screen you just can't and Leo invariably draws up the portrait of them that matches a photograph whether that photo be taken 70 80 years ago or seven or eight days ago he does that consistently Wherever we go, whatever the culture, whatever the colour, he does that. And and it's just beautiful. So he's matching a, a photograph, Sandy. Let me just yeah. get that. Okay. Yeah. So, absolutely. So people so, you can know, compare. you can't argue with it. Right, right. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it gives so, so much to people. It gives so much to people. You can't deny that we survive physical death. Otherwise... How am I doing that? Yes. How in God's name am I doing that? If You know, I don't know all these people all over the world. But Leo, like myself, want to say to people, please don't worry. We do survive physical death. Here is proof. And we can communicate from the spirit world. And I do this routinely. Thousands and thousands of portraits are out there that Leo and I have drawn. And, and all the proof that from them. In fact, one in particular, which always amuses me and came from about the same tour as the Blue Eyes one, was one that we've entitled Two Monkeys. Two Monkeys? And that's because the two monkeys, yes, two monkeys. The film clips out there. Um, have you seen that one, Sandra? I don't think so. No, but I, you know I will. Oh, then find it. <laughs> okay. Find it. Find it. <laughs> it's it's brilliant because there's this lady in the audience and um, the medium's on talking to her and I'm drawing her dad. She's lost her dad. I'm drawing his face and he's writing bits of information around. He's, he's actually interacting with her and the medium. As they're talking, Leo joins in from the dad, you see. And he comes to a point where he mentions two monkeys. He just writes 
two monkeys. And she screams out, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? and, and so the mediums, well, share it with us. <laughs> what does it mean? And the two monkeys is actually the name of a takeaway meal mm-hmm. that her mother, back in England, was going out for with her sister that night. And, you know, this is how interactive it is on screen. The portrait via writing talks to the person in the audience. Mm. Oh, it's amazing. Sandy, do we need to see a medium to be able to communicate with our loved ones? Or can we trust oh, gosh, no. that they're around no. us right now and they're listening? They, oh, yes, indeed they are. Indeed they are. It's your family member that bought the birthday uh, acknowledgement for your sister there. Um, yes, absolutely they do. They are always around us. Why would they not be? You know, you you can destroy the body. The body can die. Obviously, it does at some stage. We don't have a finite lifetime. Right. Um, not in the physical. But you cannot destroy energy. And we are essentially energy. And I often say to people, we are not... Um, humans having a spiritual experience we are spirit having a human experience and yes. it's very true and and they are always close and that so so many times they will be making themselves aware to, to the people they've left behind another one you know um it, it was a two-handed one it was her mum and her dad that had been drawn and was it that one? Oh goodness. No, it, it was on the same uh, film clip. It was from the same show. Um, he'd written that. He, it was him that was sat on the bed there with her. And she had indeed, no, he, it was his wife that was spirit side. I do apologize. He said that he had indeed felt her on the bed with him. And he thought he was going mad. But when I drew her face for him, well, his, his daughter, actually. Um, he, she did acknowledge that it was her sat on his bed. So, you know, they do let us feel their presence. You you may see something fleetingly from the corner of your eye. It is them. It is their energy. And they're wanting you to know they're okay. And they'll go to any length to to let you know that they are indeed there, still with you, still close. And they'll often tell me, you know, um, she said this this morning on the way here, or he said this this morning on the way here. And and they will tell me what the person, if they were chatting, driving to see me in, in the daytime, they're chatting in the car. They'll come and their loved ones, whosoever it be, will tell me what they've been talking about in the car on the way there. So, yes, they're absolutely always there. Mm, that's always good close. news. Good news for all. So our time is running out, as it always does. So I would love to share now what your website is and a few other things about you that you offer and share you with the audience. It's Sandy, I am so delighted. I rate these episodes for myself and how many times I've gotten the, the goosebumps. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. the, my record was five times and I ticked off 19 times in this episode (laughs) and and the you know and that really represents to me 
truth and um and just amazement and wonder and fabulous just fabulous spirit world confirming to you by making you feel that yes Um, you know every time you feel that sensation that's the spirit world confirming to you that it is the truth it is the truth it's great oh Sandy, you're wonderful. And Leo is wonderful. Oh, I, and I'm going to watch wonderful. some more videos. Um, and again, for our <laughs> listener, remember to go to wedontieradio.com, episode 116, and all these juicy, fabulous videos and the link to Sandy's website, which is www.sandyingham.co.uk. Um, S-A-N-D-Y-I-N-G-H-A-M dot co dot uk and just quickly sandy um there's a book that has been written about you biography yeah is that yes, filled with part biography yeah is that filled with yes. photographs that can be well? obtained yes the, the the forward part of it's about my life and growing up mm-hmm. with the difficulties i had and and i did that because i wanted people to know that no matter how lowly or how beaten or how defeated you were as a young person we can do something wonderful with our lives. Yes. It happened to me in a heartbeat. It can happen to you too. Whoever you are or wherever you are in the world, never give up. Put that intention out there to do something great, to be a beautiful soul, and you will be one and you will do it. Oh, it's great words. Mm. And also people can get in touch with you and get a uh, spirit drawing do. done, right? Through your website, through Everything the post. on my website. Mm-hmm. All contact details are on my website. Yeah. Mm. Sandy, thank you. Including my book. Yes. <laughs> thank this you. This is so much fun. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been a pleasure too. <laughs> and for our listener, thank you, thank you, thank you for being along on this journey for the past hour. I'm sure you got some goosebumps too and uh, just wonderful. I thank you for taking the time. Um, and, and as always. One second, darling. Sure. I know that you I know that there's someone listening now. Beverly, I want to say to you, don't worry. This is nothing to worry about. It can be managed. She'll know who she is and she'll know what it's about. Okay. okay. Perfect. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thank I want you. to tell your sister happy birthday. I will. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. <laughs> and so in closing it's been a pleasure. My friends, everyone listening, um, the, yeah, that was brilliant, just brilliant. Uh, I, I encourage you to share this episode, however it is you're listening, because you just never know who needs some inspiration. And this is just wonderful, and this is the truth. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. And so remember what Sandy says, please don't worry, they're always around us. You can't destroy energy. We are spirits having a human experience and never give up, ever. So I want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.